Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, everyone. This is our first short episode of Walking in Christ's Way, where we take a question and answer from the Westminster Shorter Catechism every week, one that aligns with our church's daily prayer guide, and attempt to give you a five to eight minute explanation of that question's doctrine, as well as its application for life. Why does it matter for your life? The name for the series comes from this line by theologian Kevin Van Hooser. The purpose of doctrine is to ensure that those who bear Christ's name walk in Christ's way. So that's our goal, with the conviction that doctrine is for real life. As I said in the introduction, deep and vibrant doctrine will comfort you when tragedy strikes, anchor you when the waves of doubt swell, add meaning to the mundane, give substance for your work, purpose to your rest, and put before you the hope of God's kingdom towards which you walk. So we're actually picking up in the middle of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is Kind of a shame because the questions and answers build on one another, but I'm going to have to let go of any kind of idealism here in order to do this in five to eight minutes anyway, so might as well start here. This week, our Westminster Shorter Catechism question and answer is number 33. The question is, what is justification? And the answer, justification is an act of God's free grace wherein he pardons all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. This is one of those answers, one of those catechism answers that would be well worth your time to memorize word for word. So justification is a key doctrine in the Bible. It's most clearly articulated by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. You can read Romans 1 through 5 or the book of Galatians to really see how central justification is to salvation. It is perhaps the doctrine that launched the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century and the doctrine by which many Reformers believed the church stands or falls. So here's the fundamental question that justification is answering. How can people who have violated God's commands, His will, who have rejected His love, how can their relationship with God be put right? And maybe you're thinking, that's easy. God can just forgive us. He can just let things go and all will be well. But think about that scenario for a moment. If God just let rebellion go as if it never happened, would that really make him good? Would you ever trust someone as a judge who never made a criminal bear the consequences for his actions? A judge who never made someone repay the debt they owed, who just let violators off the hook with a wink and a nod? Think about how angry you feel when someone really hurts someone else and gets away with it. You want justice. And because God is so good, he demands justice. He is so good that he cannot overlook guilt, tolerate evil, and he cannot just pretend that all is well. And so what can be done for us when we are the ones who stand guilty before the righteousness and the goodness of God? That's what our catechism teaches us. God must make right what we have made wrong. And how does he do that? Well, first, notice that justification is an act of God's free grace. That is to say, it's not something that we ever do. It's only something that God does for us. We cannot work or pray or apologize enough to clear our guilt. God must do it. Second, notice the outcome. God pardons all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight. In other words, God's free grace and justification does not make you 
sort of, kind of, mostly right with him. No, when God looks at you through his act of justification, you are completely and comprehensively forgiven. That is to say, you stand before him as if you have only ever obeyed him fully at every moment in your life. You say, well, how is that possible? Well, notice how the catechism answer concludes. The righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. You see, at the very heart of justification is imputation. Imputation is one person legally being treated as if he were someone else. In justification, God legally treats you as if you are Jesus. You don't become pure and without sin in and of yourself, but God treats you that way. His obedience is imputed to you. God legally treats you as if you are Jesus, because at the cross, God legally treated Jesus as if he were you. At the cross, your sin was imputed to him. And this is why God never has to relax his goodness. He never minimizes evil. He never lets violators off the hook in order to forgive. Because at the cross, God's righteous verdict on sin was handed down. Condemnation was totally applied. Debt was fully paid. God does not accept you because you are sorry or even because you have faith. He accepts you because Jesus himself stands in your place. This is the gift of grace, the free act of grace with which the gospel presents us. And we are to receive this gift, the catechism reminds us, by faith and by faith alone. That just means that we simply give up on ourselves. We give up on ourselves and we rest instead in what Jesus has done for us. We acknowledge that we can never be good enough, but that Jesus will always be good enough to justify us before God who is the only true judge over the world. So how does that apply to you today? Remember, doctrine is for life. Well, let me give you three brief implications. First, the doctrine of justification should make you humble. It tells us that we can never achieve righteousness and peace with God in and of ourselves. It tells us that we are all charity cases, as a friend of mine likes to say. And remember, it's hard for one charity case to think that he's better than another. Every person you come into contact with today needs the righteousness of Jesus as much as you do. Remember that. You are no better than anyone else. Second, the doctrine of justification should give you peace. You have peace with God. And that peace is as certain as the death and resurrection of Jesus. Peace with God does not depend on your obedience. It does not waver with your feelings. It does not track the highs and lows of your faith. It is a finished act. There are no takebacks through Christ. You need to remind yourself that anxiety and worry are unjustified because God is for you and not against you. And finally, the doctrine of justification should make you courageous. Imagine if you were playing a basketball game that you knew you could not lose. That would give you the confidence to take risks, to take shots, to create in ways that you would not possibly be able to create if you were scared to lose or scared what other people might think of you. In justification, we know how the game ends. The final judgment at the end of history has already been given to us in Christ, and you can't mess that up. And that should free you to live for God in a way that makes you courageous and free and selfless. What other people think of you should not control you, because you know what God the Father thinks of you. When he looks at you, he smiles. 
You belong to him. You are clothed in the beauty of Jesus Christ. Humility, peace, courage. These are just some of the fruits of embracing the doctrine of justification. God is for you. He is not against you today. Go and walk in Christ's way. Thanks for listening. To find out more about Covenant, please visit covenantpres.com.